For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, I'm so excited to have on my friend Mikey Mitch. I'm sure you guys have seen him on TikTok. He is the crazy man that runs up mountains and chugs beer at the top and then goes and raves at night and then does it all again right the next morning. So honestly, I just needed to have him on the podcast to pick his brain about how he does that and just learn a little bit more about him. So I hope you guys enjoy today's conversation. Mikey Mitch on the podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Um, to start off, do you want to just like give us a little bit of a rundown of like who you are and what you're about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Michael Mark Mitchell, actually, <laughs> from Minnetonka, Minnesota. We got all the alliteration there. But, but um, uh, so just starting off with like my running career and everything, um, I started running when I was in seventh grade. Um, and I never looked back. So um, I went to run for Lehigh University in Pennsylvania, um, where I went to originally start running like 800s. I was a mid-distance runner. I ended up running 5Ks and 10Ks by the end of that. And I think a lot of that was due to COVID when I started running just a ton because of everyone was just cooped up all the time, not able to do anything. And then um, I moved to Colorado um, and I got hooked on running ultras. And a lot of that has come from my background, my love of nature with just backpacking and mountain climbing and doing just a lot of um, stuff in the mountains, as well as I think that the ultra community and the way that ultra races are, like the kind of person that it takes to do so, um, it's right up my alley because it's kind of kind of crazy running a hundred miles with one sitting and you're just going through night and day with like basically no reward at the end just the only reward is you finishing and you accomplishing it so um I just really am passionate about the running community and especially the ultra community and the outdoors community and what I'm doing now is on social media is trying just to share that love of that I have um of just living and running and all this kind of everything in between with the world. And um, so last year I really started posting on TikTok a lot and this was in March. Um, and since then uh, I have grown a lot and I've been able to do a lot of really cool things and work with a lot of really cool brands. So right now um, I partner with On and I've been working with other different like brands like in the running community like Gooder, the sunglasses, for example. So it's just really cool to see how much my brand, my personal brand has grown and just the cool people I've been able to meet and the cool events that I've been able to go to. So it's it's really fun. I'm really excited to see what's to come in the future. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to remember like the first time I saw you on TikTok because that's how I found you, of course, along with I'm sure like <laughs> the majority of your followers. Um, 
I think it was it was one of your videos where you were like you like ran up a mountain you're like I'm gonna go do like a 20 mile run up a mountain today and I was like mm, couldn't be me and then you like chugged a beer at the top or something I'm like almost positive that's where I found you when I was a kid that's an immediate follow um because I feel like your personality and like your lifestyle is the perfect thing for to like go viral on the internet in terms of like the running world because in terms of like elite running like there's not really that much difference like you're not really eating that much like I don't know like new new stuff coming from each individual person but yeah I feel like you your lifestyle is just so crazy to me because it's just so different than like other elite runners I know um and like you said like the ultra community and that sort of lifestyle is like completely different than I'm sure your college running experience or your experience like running 800s beforehand but I guess like you so you started running like 800s you said um and stuff like how was your overall college experience like did you like the elite yeah so I loved running in college like obviously I think just the running community as a whole is a great place I think runners are just really nice and kind people um and running at a college level is a lot different from obviously running ultra marathons or and I'm not like and running professionally I would say um What's really cool, though, about it is I would say I'm argue like comparatively, I am running better and placing higher in a lot more competitive races now as an ultra runner than I ever was in college. And I think a lot of that stems from how um, collegiate runners and just runners who are running at a really high level professionally ever a lot of it comes down to they care a lot about their performance and they care so much about like their lifestyle and how they're living and like it's so meticulous because you're in season basically year round. You're training um, for cross country, indoor, outdoor. And then even through the summer, you're still training very hard and you're focusing so much about your diet and your sleep and the lifestyle you're living. And a lot of these runners get really caught up in their heads about like, this this is what I have to do to be successful instead of just actually enjoying their lives. And there is so much more to living than running. And a lot of these runners they get lost in that. And I feel like they lose a lot of the reason why they started running originally. So um, in college, especially when I was younger, I was never the best, but I was always good. Um, And I, I would, I would be nervous before a lot, like very nervous for a lot of my races. And I felt like that hindered my performance because now I really don't care that much about how I do in these ultras I just want to do them and I'm just having fun and just like dicking around basically and I'm doing so much better because of that and like now even I really don't even have a training schedule like I just run what I want to when I want to basically and with if that I I'm just finding that like I'm enjoying running so much more and I'm just doing a lot better so it's such a difference and I feel like a lot of um younger collegiate and high school runners don't quite understand that yet and they also need to realize like well yes running has been a big part of your life for a lot of your young life that's not everything and you're gonna have to eventually do other things with it so it's like pursue other passions meet other people like get outside of just your team because I would say that's especially what changed a lot um, when I was a junior and senior in college 
especially when you're on a, like a track team, you're on a team with like a hundred plus people or so. And you're able to literally just like go to practice and like go home, go to class, go to practice, go home. And you really don't really need to interact with anyone else besides on your team. And there's so many people on your team. So it feels like you're interacting with different people every day. But I feel like that can be a very toxic environment because you're still only interacting with track runners. And a lot of these track runners come from similar backgrounds. So you're not really branching out meeting new people and, and like seeing what else is out there in the world, exploring new things. And when I was a junior and senior, I really, I, I would say I stopped drinking the Kool-Aid um, that like a lot of like, I don't know, just uh, upper class 19 and coach were saying like, this is how you're successful. Like, this is the way that you need to do to run fast, to perform well and to place at like your conference meeting, qualify for all these big races. I just was like, Hey, like, I started going to like different kind of clubs and different kind of meeting things. And that's when I legitimately then started running better towards the end of my collegiate experience too. And I had other friends outside of the team. And I felt like a lot of people thought I was kind of weird for that because I wasn't just hanging out with them all the time. And it's, I don't know. I feel like that's also what has um, come to help me grow a lot now as a young adult who is running ultras because you really don't see anyone my age that are doing like 100 mile races it's like these people who are in their 30s 40s 50s who um you people who find ultra running a lot later and i just i fell in love with it from i I did the leadville 100 as my first ultra ever and and i just fell in love with it yeah i did it as a 22 year old right out of college so it's a fun experience. <laughs> okay, well, I will say I don't think many 22-year-olds can do that. So that's also like probably a reason. I feel like after college, I don't know, to jump right into ultra racing, it's like mm-hmm. how many miles are you doing in college to be able to complete an ultra marathon? Like I know I couldn't have done. Yeah, so I mean, um I just started running like a ton during COVID because there was not a lot else to do and it was really, I don't know, it felt like there's a lot that was out of control in your lives and my life at that point, because like we were just in classes online and I was just like at home with my parents and we really wasn't able to do anything or see anyone. So it was just like boring. So I just started running a ton and I really wasn't like doing like workouts or anything, but I was just found that I was able to do like, multiple days where I was doing like 15 at least a day and like 20 miles but I mean I just like fell in love with that sort of like endurance kind of thing and I started realizing I was like wait like I can I it's it's a lot of it is mental and um I so that's I feel like that's a lot of how it incorporates into my lifestyle a lot of my philosophy is like just sort of about life and like the lifestyle that I live it's like it really doesn't matter how your body feels you're able to your body's able to do a lot more than you physically think it can and if you can just sort of like shut off the feelings of like discomfort and pain and be comfortable with being uncomfortable you're able to push yourself a lot further and um what I think like a difference between like a mile race versus a hundred mile race in a mile race you're going to be in a lot more like pain and discomfort for a very short amount of time but in the hundred mile the long run thinking about that you have to keep running for maybe like 20 plus more hours and that's just like a huge mental block that a lot of people like can't get over and while like 
yes, you're going to be like tired and sore afterwards. Like, but while it's happening, it's just like, I found that I'm able just to like, I don't know, enjoy what's going on around me, especially like I love being in nature and I love, um, I think that the times that I take to train and to do these things. And when I have all this time alone by myself in the wilderness, it's sort of like a time for me, like kind of like meditating to reflect on my life and to like, just get myself together. But like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do with my life. And here I am now. So I, I running has played a huge part in my life. And now I want to continue doing it for <laughs> the rest of my life and continue sharing that passion I have. So you say that you don't have a coach, like, or you don't have a training no. plan, like, <laughs> but you're okay. So you're training for the Boston Marathon. I know that. Yes. Yes. Um. So that's Coachella B2B Boston Marathon, which would be crazy. Oh. Um. But I know I can do it. <laughs> like I've done like, uh, so what a lot of people like, I don't talk. Uh, I, I mean, people can see that, like, obviously, like I'm going out and like partying a lot and whatnot, like, but which also like I've ran one marathon before and I, I like haven't talked about this a lot but like before the steamboat marathon um I like violently went out Wednesday Thursday with some of my friends um Friday I drove to Leadville did the Hope Pass part of the course the hardest part so it was like a pretty hefty like long run and I camped at the base of Mount Albert the tallest mountain in Colorado climbed that the next day drove to steamboat and then won the marathon and I had I had no idea like what I was going to be doing marathon I was so sore and I was just like I just the like the gun went off and I was just like I feel fine so I'm just gonna run <laughs> oh my but, yeah it was I'm just like I just know because oh and this is also after though I had done a hundred mile race before I'd done 50 mile races 50ks like I've just gotten to that point where it's just all of it's like a mental thing like you can do it like it's it doesn't matter how you feel like I I don't I'm going to finish the Boston Marathon I might not be able to run like super fast like my goal for Boston is under 240 because Steamboat that was at elevation and I did that and like 243 so I feel like I could especially I could do well in Boston so I don't know I know I'm at least going to finish and I'm gonna probably run like fairly well so I'm excited <laughs> yeah I feel like you've been you've, you've trained for this it seems like yeah. um, I mean I haven't been like training anything special I'm just saying like I feel like um a lot of training also comes as second nature because of I don't know as being a college athlete you get to know your body really well and what works and what doesn't work for your body and I just like feel like when I feel aches and pains I know what to do to um get that to minimize that basically. And I already, I'm not really thinking about my diet, but I already know what I need to eat in order to, I don't know, be successful basically while I'm still like going out and having a lot of fun with my friends and whatnot. So, um, a lot of like my training or anything, like I don't really think about it, but I have had the background and I am lucky enough where I've had the great coaches and just knowledge in order to do what I do now. So what, so you're writing your own training right now, or do you just like, you, yeah, I don't have a every training day. schedule, but I'm like right now, like, oh, I have three weeks until Boston. Like last week I was doing, I was like, oh, I need to get my mileage pretty high. Then I want it to be like my highest mileage that I'm going to have like before. And now I'm focusing a lot more just on like 
running on hard surfaces and running faster, like getting my runs like faster than I normally would. Cause especially when you're running ultras, like pace does not matter at all. Like I just like, and I, that was a big transition from college to running ultras that I didn't quite understand. So when I first was like training for Leadville, I was trying to do like these trail runs where I'm doing like thousands of feet of elevation gain in like a 10 mile run um on a trail i was trying to do it at like seven minute pace what i was like usually used to doing for a training run i was like this is so hard (laughs) and that's what's changed a lot in the past years i realized like a lot of it uh, running these long races is you just need to feel good and so it's just relaxing your body and just like using as least as little amount of energy as possible in order to go that distance yeah oh my goodness i can't even imagine like I can't imagine running a hundred miles. I don't know. You say, you say anyone can do it or like, I don't know. It's all in your head, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Dude. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm built like that. Like truly. I just think, cause I've run, well, I guess kind of two marathons now. One was like on my own with my friend and we stopped and walked a lot, but yeah. I don't know. Even doing that, like that was 26 miles. Like I literally can't imagine doing that on a trail, like with a yeah. bunch of hills and stuff. Um, I don't, I don't, like, even if I go slow, I just feel like the time on my feet is just so excessive. I don't even know how I would train for that, but I think think a lot of it is mental. Yes, it's, it's very mental. And that's why, like, so the Leadville 100 is my first ultra I ever did. So I went from running 10Ks and 5Ks on a track to doing 100 miles at, like, the highest at like 10,000 feet of altitude and I was going to I went to college at Lehigh at sea level so it was a big transition um what was really cool about that how I got in because Leadville is super competitive in, in order to get in just because it's so well known well yeah that's um, what I was also so, wondering I was like how is that, yeah, how is that your yeah. first? so one of my teammates actually from Lehigh he was working the Leadville race series that summer um, so he was like, if you apply, like, I can help get you in. Like, I'll just let them know, like, this is you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I, think I want, yeah, of course I want to do it. Like, why not? So I applied it and then I got in and it didn't really hit me until like that summer. I was like, I have to run a hundred miles. <laughs> um, and what was crazy about the Leadville races, I was, <laughs> I started the race and I was leading it for like the first marathon I guess a lot of these like pros and on Strava I have like like the I think I haven't checked in a bit but I had like the fastest segment record for the first marathon of the let's go I was like this 22 year old kid like talking to all these like older men and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing and they're just like giving me pointers like what is this child doing here yeah they're like yeah this guy does not know what he's doing um, and I ended up doing, I was like doing really well until I wasn't <laughs> like, I, um, it was a big learning experience and I, I was like still in like the top 20 or top 20 or so until like the 80th mile ish. And then I just like, couldn't move my body and I had to like hobble to the finish. And I remember at the last aid station, my like dad was like holding, it was like raining 30 degrees and like 4am and I was like crying because <laughs> everything hurts so bad. I was like going like in and out of consciousness, basically. <laughs> um, and um, uh, I was like, I can't do this. I can't go on. I had like eleven miles left or something. It was basically all, all flat. And my brother got um one of like the aid workers, and they were like, 
they were like checking me out to see if I was like all like okay if I could go on they're like yeah we've seen people people way worse than you and you've given yourself like you started so fast that you could crawl to the finish line and you would still have time left to make it because you only have 30 like what 36 hours or 30 hours to finish the race so I was like I gotta do this like and I did it. And after that, like, I just became so much more mentally stronger. Like, I'm just like, yeah, like doing a 30 mile run off of like, not a lot of training isn't hard. Like I can just, you can just whip it out. And um, uh, what's changed also a lot about my training is I don't necessarily run every day, but the runs I am doing are just a lot longer. So I'm doing like 15 miles and then not running for a couple of days and like 20 miles or so. And that's like the difference between um training for like, a 10k for example and training for 100 miles like it's just um getting your body a lot more neuromuscularly <laughs> stronger <laughs> um, is making it just like so your body can handle being on your feet for that long and I also feel like trail running is I, I know trail running is in really really good for your body um injury wise because you're not just on a flat surface anymore um, cause when you're on a flat surface, obviously you're only going through one motion the entire time and you're not really doing anything different when you're on a trail, you're going, obviously there's an incline and whatnot, but it's uneven surfaces and there's like hurdles you have to like jump over basically and stuff. So it's just, it makes strengthens just a lot of different muscles in your body that prevents you from getting injured. And while yes, you can't, I don't think I can run as fast, even close to as fast if I wanted to run like an 800 mile versus how I was in college, I just am so much more less prone to being injured and can run so much further. <laughs> yeah, which I think, I mean, it's more practical, I feel like in real life than it is, than running a fast 800, you know? Um, yeah. The mental side, like it's, it. I just feel like long endurance racing is just so much more mental. I don't know. When I did, so I did a really impulsive marathon with my friend. Like I told you, whatever, that was the second 26 miles I've ever run in my life. Mm -hmm. And I literally, 24 hours beforehand, my friend DMs me and he says, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, um, <laughs> nothing. And then he asked, he said, do you want to run, walk a marathon with me? At this point, I had been running 15 miles a week max. Like I had not been running whatever, but I was like, honestly, I think just because also I'm confident with the base that I have of just being yeah. a runner or whatever, but I was like. I'm not like a high mileage person. I was running 50 miles a week in, in college and that was it. My long ones were like 11 miles, but I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds good. So then the next day we went off and we ran, walked a marathon, but it wasn't even that slow. We ran like 11 minute miles. So it was like, I don't know, a decent clip for running and walking. Yeah. Um, but I realized like, because I had mentally prepared for it only for 24 hours, I think if it was longer than that, I would have psyched myself out and been like, how am I going to run yeah. 26 miles tomorrow? But I think just like mentally preparing to run 26 miles and just saying like, I'm going to finish it. And there's no other way. Honestly, it was yeah. pretty easy. Like it wasn't even yeah. hard. I finished no, it. I was exactly. like totally fine. And I don't know if it was because of the base or it was that I was like mentally prepared. I don't know, but yeah. I feel like maybe a hundred miles, I think would be a little bit too much for me <laughs> to do. Or if that I mean, there's ways like, to like ease into that, obviously. Yeah. But, um, Sort of like going off of that too is also I'm just having like and what I was saying before I'm just having fun with it like I'm not putting any pressure on me saying like oh I have to like I'm saying I have to finish basically I'm going to finish but I'm not saying like oh I have to do it in like a certain amount of time or I have to like play super well I'm just doing this because I want to do it and because like it's fun and 
I'm bringing like my crew now is a lot of just my friends from Denver and we're a crazy bunch of gays. <laughs> so we're quite an eclectic group at like these ultras and we're having so much fun. Like um, they take like over my social media then and they just like do crazy stuff as well the entire time. And like, I actually like look forward to going to like every aid station because like, it's so, I don't know, I'm just laughing the entire time. And a lot of these ultras as well, like I'm able to talk to the runners because you're not moving very fast and like you're just gonna like sit side by side with somebody for like a couple like hours on end, like get to know them. So you get to meet really cool people. And so in the last hundred mile I did the rabbit run one hundred in steamboat, those conditions were way worse than Leadville. And the race, um, there's a lot more elevation gain than in Leadville. It's at it is at a lower elevation. But still, elevation is the more there is, just like the harder it is on your legs because you have to go down and going down actually like is a lot harder than going up. <laughs> um, but so the before Rabbit Run, um, it rained the two days. There was basically it was super dry last summer in Colorado. And then the two days prior to Rabbit Run, it just downpoured for the um, days beforehand. So the course was just mud. And then it was just on and off rain and like hail the entire time and it was really cold which was not fun <laughs> um so I was just getting like thunderstorm and like hailed on like the entire time and then at night it was like 30 degrees and like misting and like kind of like sleeting a lot Ooh. so it was really difficult conditions it was like the most difficult they've seen in, like years and a lot of people dropped out because it was just like so hard but um, there was no point during like during Leadville, there was so many points where I was like, I can't do this. I I need to be done. But during Rabbit, I was like, eh, like, yeah, it hurts, but like I've already done this before and I can know I can do it again. And it's also the kind of like the people that you meet at these races, some of them are insane. And I think some of these runners are like the best athletes that the in the entire world. And no one knows who they are because ultra running is such like a niche even part of the running community so for example um uh it was probably around like the 60 or 65th mile or so um in rabbit run 100 we had to run basically it's like a three three and a half thousand foot like climb um in the dark in the mud it was like what probably like 4 a.m 3 a.m or so and the two top girls then they came up behind me and they were talking to me and I was talking to them. Um, and one of them, they were just like chit-chatting and having a great time. I was feeling like terrible, but one of them, um, she was like, oh yeah, like I was, um, the past, there was a big loop to like this big, like 10 mile loop um, that we had to do in the past section. And she was like, yeah, I was just like throwing up and like, couldn't keep anything down the past, like, like, two hours or so and I was like did you stop like you weren't able to drink water or eat anything like if you're running you need to keep like hydrating and keeping up your nutrition during these ultras she's like no I just kept running and then they're like okay we're gonna see now and I was like Fine. and they just like hopped away in the darkness like going up the mountain I was like wow like if those girls can do that and they're just so nonchalant about it like I can do it. And that's where I just felt so much better even too. I was just like, yeah, like this is nothing. Like I'm fine. And then that up that pass, like it was horrible. We were in a cloud. You couldn't see anything. So we had like our headlamps on, but you like couldn't see very far ahead of you. So I was losing the trail all the time. And it was like 
bone chillingly cold because you're in a cloud and it's really a lot of moisture and it was like 30 degrees or so it was like a miserable miserable night <laughs> but then after when like the sun rose or anything i was like yeah yeah like we did it yeah like, oh that was fine that was support for this podcast and the following message come from corient Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You learn a lot about yourself and you also just get to see these incredible athletes that like a lot of the world doesn't know even exist. <laughs> this podcast is a perfect example of why people think runners are crazy. <laughs> like who else in their life like th- is throwing up and like can't keep food down and then keeps running like that just is unheard of you know yeah that also just shows like the mental toughness they have like it's incredible and part of the reason why i also love ultras is like the community is so inclusive um it is the people there they don't care who you are your background they just want people to participate and if you want to be part of it you're more than welcome to and that's like the beauty of it because you don't really win anything from these ultras. You get a belt buckle for finishing a hundred miles and like, that's all. And like, nobody else really cares. And they don't really care about like showing it to the world either. Um, And what I also just love about it is men and women compete together. And the longer the race gets, the gap between men and women gets smaller and smaller to the point where it was like, when you're doing like 240 miles, women are beating men with like a very high frequency. 
So that's what's really interesting as well. And that's what I learned during Leadville is a lot of these guys who was like, when I was running up front, they were saying like, yeah, like the men will start off really fast, but all of the women will start catching them after halfway. And that's what happens like every time. Women are just a lot smarter when it comes to running like these longer races. And they have a much higher rate of like success in finishing. So in the Leadville 100, it's something like over 90% of the women who um, start finish. And for men, it's less than 50. Let's go. That's done for the women. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I literally, I love that so much. So I it's like such is. a possibility. Like pain tolerance I think, or just like being smarter? Like Yeah. I think it, it, a lot of it is pain tolerance and also just like men are stupid. I hate them <laughs> but yeah maybe it's like impulse control like going out too hard I don't yeah. know well I agree I think a, a lot of it can also stem from I don't know, like it's from when a lot of it can stem from like societal things like when you think about like men when they're raised like the moment you're saying like this is your parents saying like this is like a boy and this is like what um I don't know the very competitive environment around other men and that's what I've also learned like um being like a gay man who's involved in sports and being involved on sports teams and whatnot um it's it's hard it's like I don't know what I'm trying to what am I trying to say here <laughs> um <laughs> uh I it, it's really cool to um I don't know see the differences um in how certain guys have like treated me in the past or how guys treated me in the past um, because I am gay versus um, now like in this like ultra running sport like people don't care a lot but, but where I have found um, sort of like a home and how I've got really comfortable with just other guys because I felt really comfortable growing up knowing that I was gay around um, men in general because you're not allowed to be like intimate with other men basically um, it's saying that like if you like hug them and if you're like close to them to that stuff, you're gay. And especially since I was gay, I didn't want to be really perceived that I was gay or that I was like hitting on like these guys because of that. And that's really damaging and hard. Um, but what's really cool about, I don't know, my experience on sports teams is I was able to get really close with a lot of like guys and I was able to get really comfortable with just men in general. And now I feel very comfortable with my own sexuality and my own um, the gender identity <laughs> now a lot more than I was when I was younger, which is really cool to think about. Um, but I think when you think about like men in society, they're taught from a very young age that like you, because you also can't be intimate and like, you need to also be super competitive all the time. And that gets like, it's gets drilled into your head. And I think that's part of the reason why men also, they are just like, they have big egos and they want to like, just like puff their chests out and start really fast and they might not be able to finish. <laughs> yeah. Are you, have you seen like a, I don't know, is there, do people like talk trash in the ultra running world? Not that people talk trash in like the elite no. running world, but like, I don't know. You see people that are like really, really competitive, and I'm sure it's still yeah. kind of that way in the ultra running world. But it's competitive. But yeah. a lot of what I love about it is people are just helping each other. Basically, like no one's like talking trash about each other, and like it's such a long race, and it's so difficult and hard that you're not really from 
in, especially in the beginning of the race, you're not really like trying to like put your teammate or your the, your competitors down. You're like working together with them to finish and to get faster. And I think I also haven't been on like the super elite side of the ultra world yet. Like I haven't seen like what Western States is like, for example, but just from what I've seen, it's just a lot. It's not as like um a not like competitive environment. It is a competitive environment, but it's not like um competitive in the sense where you're trying to like put other people down or like trying to like psych them out and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like that has to come from also the respect that you probably have for people have for like their competitors too, because yeah. of how difficult the race is. Like if you know that these people are all doing the same thing that you're doing. Um, obviously like, I don't know, elite track racing is hard too, but the respect that you yeah. probably have as someone that's running like a hundred miles versus another person that's running a hundred miles versus like a two minute long race. I feel like it just has to be. Well, it's also race. just the respect that you have for like entering it. Cause that's what yeah. a lot of people like. like you're you just you decide to do this so you obviously like have you're crazy you're kind of crazy for also wanting to do this so i don't know it's not necessarily gatekeeping like how to run it or whatnot it's telling you how to do it so you can get you can like finish the race and learn about the community and tell more people about it and get more people involved and i think that's especially i didn't really know what i was doing on social media when i started doing it i was just like my friends were just like, you're crazy and you're doing crazy things all the time. Just like start posting about it. So I was like, fine, I will. <laughs> Perfect for social media. Like I said, because social yeah. media thrives on like, like outlandish, like crazy things, especially TikTok. And like I yeah. said, the running world is just kind of monotonous and boring. Like yes. you're not going to get much spice, much flavor. But what you do with the element of like, you know, chugging the beer at the top, and going to raves and then going on like a long run the next morning. Like, I feel like all of that combined, is just the perfect little, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll, part of also when like the raving thing involves with that, a lot of that also is like, just like mental toughness and just like going at, like just being like, I'm going to go have fun now. So like, um, after I ran a 50K this summer, um, in I I was in steam but I did a 50k and then I drove back to Denver and I went to two different raves that night with my friends and I like wasn't even sore which is crazy like I was next day like wasn't even sore and I was like that's wild and I was like on my feet like the entire day just like partying and going hard then afterwards too it's just like a it's a, I think a lot of like because a lot of like ra so Denver I'm just gonna go start talking about raving now so Denver um is known as base capital it's like one of the best places in the world to for dubstep community and there's dubstep shows all the time and dubstep is a very eclectic community I would say like it's kind of scary I've actually <laughs> um, this is a lot so funny I've been to two dubstep shows within the last yeah. like two months and I, I'm not like a giant like dubstep fan at all yeah. my friends just invited me to go and I was like I'm open like I will basically do anything once like I will yeah. go to a dubstep show and it, it is the most like interesting group of people and yes. it, it is also scary because of the mosh pits but it was like I had a blast at my yes party. and it's also that's what sort of the I think there's such a dichotomy between ravers and the ultra community because 
while dubstep like the music people when they look from the outside like this is kind of scary what is going on the community is so nice and everyone is so nice to each other there's this whole aspect they call like plural which is peace love unity respect because it is kind of scary if everyone's like fucked up and like you're not like being nice to each other so everyone's like if you see someone like having a bad time or someone who needs help help them and just like be just like when you're passing through like a very crowd roof like apollo or like apologize and like say thank you and do all this stuff like it's just being nice to each other and that's sort of very similar about like the ultra community and also it's like it's a marathon like the entire time like some of these like festivals and whatnot are all day and people are going hard all day so it's like a very interesting what i'm saying like dichotomy between both aspects of like very different things and I think I found a way to sort of like connect both of them in a way that actually like makes me better at both of them because like from running I have so much endurance but also like I I don't know like you still have to have a lot of endurance at these festivals and like raves and whatnot it's like I think it's not necessarily training for me to go to these shows and everything but like I'm not necessarily like sitting down and just like yeah just like going out and drinking or not it's it's really cool and um I just got into it when I moved to Denver like I literally my first show ever was at Red Rocks at the end of January of 2022 and since then I was just like I love this like I love all the people like everyone's so nice like I want to keep doing it and um now I've been able to have gotten to the point where um I've met like huge artists in the dubstep community and I've been able to go to like so many cool different events, got invited to a lot of very cool different things as well. So I'm just really excited to see what happens. Like I am trying to also to learn how to DJ now and become like oh my gosh. own step artist, which would be, which would be pretty fun if I could do that. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm just excited for the future and what's to come because I have a lot of races also planned this summer and a lot of shows as well. So like, for example, we have the Coachella B2B Boston Marathon, That'll be very fun. Um, but I also am running like um the Leadville Trail Marathon in June and then going straight from there to Elenium in Denver, <laughs> which is also just nuts. So yeah, I have a, a lot of fun stuff going on and I just am excited to share it with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean I think you make some good points. Like your body is definitely adapting to the yes. endurance factor of both of those things. And like and it's just time on the feet, especially for something like an ultra yep. or like marathon running like that's what a lot of people have a hard time with especially just getting started is the time on the feet so mm -hmm. I feel like <laughs> it's just it sounds silly like I mean I can even tell when you're talking like it sounds silly to compare something like a festival yeah. to an endurance race but it actually it makes sense and like even the yeah. vibes or whatever well and like these ultras and whatnot like you're not sleeping you're going through the entire night and not sleeping you just have to like push through that like mental block and that's like when I'm at festivals and a lot of my friends are like I'm tired I'm like stop like <laughs> just keep going it doesn't matter yeah the I don't know I feel like a perfect example of comparing the two communities and how they're similar it's like when I was at the dubstep show whatever and you're in the I'm not I don't tend to go in the mosh pit but there's definitely yeah. mosh pits happening and all the guys in there like shoving each other yeah. and so it's like the most like aggressive like male angst like people are just shoving each other 
And then, like, someone, like, topples to the ground after, like, a really hard shove. But then everyone that goes to, like, pick him up and then throw him back <laughs> at the wash pit. And it's like, you good, bro? You good, bro? And then it tosses him back in to, like, get shoved around. And I feel like that is the perfect example of, like, how it's similar to, like, an ultra race where, yeah. I don't know, you're obviously racing against these different people. It's very physically, like, you're basically taking a physical beating, whatever. And then someone passes you or, I don't know, you guys are talking to each other. You're competitors, whatever. Yeah. They're lifting you up. They're helping you. I don't know. I feel like it just, <laughs> I can see how it's similar. Yeah. It's just a funny thing to like compare the two, but I, I see how there's like a parallel between the two yeah. kind of lifestyles and communities. You know, that sounds silly. To yeah, say. Exactly. That's also why I just like love Colorado though, because like Colorado is such a crazy place <laughs> um, because of, like the proximity to mountains and whatnot, you're able to do just like incredibly cool things in the outdoors. So like, just like hiking, running, um, climbing, biking, doing all these like crazy kind of like endurance things that like a lot of people like don't really know exist and they don't really know the depth of the communities that exist as well. But then also in Colorado, like it's, I would say Colorado is, to me, is very much like a Midwestern kind of city in the sense that everyone is very nice to each other. Growing up in Minnesota, we had that Minnesota nice kind of thing. And there's a lot of Midwesterners that like do live here in Denver now, but there's also a lot of people from like the West Coast. So we have sort of that like West Coast kind of like hippie, like, bleh, like stoner <laughs> thing kind of vibes. And it goes, people like party really hard here in Denver and they especially love like their dubstep for example so it's such like a I I love Colorado but I can see how this like might not be the best place for everyone but it's just like such a interesting cool place to live and like I don't know I definitely don't want to leave anytime soon how did you decide to move to Colorado then um I was a ski racer back in um high school and my I was lucky enough for my family we would go to ski trips my in steamboat a lot so my parents actually live full-time now in steamboat springs which is ideal because I can just drive up to steamboat now whenever I want just go skiing um and my brother and I would come out here all the time then for ski racing and just skiing and whatnot and um I just love mountains like I get I I get so much like meaning and purpose just like climbing mountains like because there we don't know what we're fucking doing in life like there's literally nothing that's saying like this is your purpose in life this is what you should be doing like this is how you're going to live a successful life blah 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 but like I don't know climbing to the top of big stupid rocks like trail running 14ers and whatnot is so fun it's like so like such an accomplishment that's like sort of a similar thing to like finishing like an ultra and whatnot so I just loved like the mountains and I had done a lot of like backpacking kind of things where I would spend like months and whatnot in the wilderness. And I was just like, I want to move to Colorado and like be able to do this all the time. And then I just started really getting into ultras and trail running because it's so similar between backpacking and my, it's my, it's combining two of my passions, like backpacking and running. And now I'm able to spend just and what's super cool about it as well now with trail running is I'm able to go to incredibly remote places like in the mountains that you can only get to on foot you can't get there on vehicles but most people it will take them multiple days to get to and I can do it in like like a four-hour round trip and let's see just 
such like a diverse incredible array of just like nature and I it's I love it so much (laughs) yeah I feel like people can see like I don't know how much you're thriving and stuff just even from your TikToks like it's just very cool to see and I I feel like you just find so much fulfillment like you said no one really knows what they're doing (laughs) I don't know yeah there's no no one hands you no one hands you a piece of paper that says this is your purpose in life but someone like you has obviously like found so much fulfillment in trail running and nature and everything and I feel like you can see that um and I feel like it's just inspiring people and that's probably why people like watching your videos because just seeing someone like be so excited about something like a simple act of running I feel like it motivates a lot of people to go I don't know try it for themselves because exactly someone like me I feel like I've also I mean I've never gotten really into trail running because I'm not very good at hills like I don't know I just (laughs) the elevation it gets me yeah um but it's the same thing. Like, I just find so much fulfillment in running, whatever that is. Like if I'm just like doing a long run, like I don't think I'll ever find that sort of like fulfillment anywhere else in my life other than like, I don't know, doing a long run. And it's like, you get that chance of like runner's high every once in a while. And that just like keeps me going and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just like exciting to see someone like find a passion like that. Yeah. And I also like, I feel like my brand and my platform has evolved so much more than just like it originally starts me just doing like trying to be crazy and do like the craziest most outlandish things I possibly could do and now it's just sort of evolved into I'm talking about what I'm passionate about and people actually listen and they're really excited about it I'm able to talk a lot about like my experiences being a gay man and like what I think about just a lot of different aspects of my life so it's really cool that I have, uh, I've been thinking a lot recently because it's been like a full year now since I really started posting on TikTok and how much has changed from that. And I really had sort of been thinking recently, like, what do I want to do with this platform? Like, what do I, what is, what is it? Like, I'm, I, I, can't, I, just, I feel like it's kind of a lot of big social media, like influencers don't really think about that. A lot of what like their content and what they do is like if you look at a lot of these stupid TikTokers, they just like do a stupid little dance and clap yeah. their hands. Everyone's like, wow, like, but you have this audience who people are willing to watch what you do and listen to what you have to say. So I want to, and what's been really cool um about the past couple months too is so many people have reached out to me and said, like, I feel inspired by you to go out running or to like just live life like more freely and I've inspired them to come out and they love that there's like representation of um me being gay in the outdoors community and the running community because you don't necessarily see that a lot and especially like even with like big runners who are openly gay they don't necessarily talk about it that much like there are some there are some some like Nikki Hills, for example. Um, but it's just, I, I really want now that I've been like thinking about and reflecting on it, I want to have a positive impact on people's lives. And I want like basically the world to be a better place because I was a part of it. And I want my platform to continue to do that. So it's not necessarily that I'm doing like crazy stuff anymore. Like I, obviously I still am, but it's like, I've, so much more confident and talking about what I'm passionate about and sharing that with people because it's clearly having an impact and I'm just 
I, I don't know exactly what that means. I haven't really honed it down what like I want to in the future. Like I'm still very young, but I'm just so like happy and um lucky that I have this platform now to do that. Cause it's really a lot of people don't have it. And I could really do now with this a lot of so many different things. Like I have so much um resource now that I could if I wanted to write books perhaps I could if I want to become a DJ I could like it's really cool yeah did you ever think that I don't know when you started TikTok like did you think that you'd become famous <laughs> or like I guess it's like niche famous <laughs> yeah. in the running world yeah. like or I don't know well it's it's also kind of crazy to see like um well yes I don't have like a lot of as many followers compared to like a lot of these bigger influencers but my engagement is incredibly high and like when I anytime now I go out in public in Denver people know who I am it's especially like very Colorado but now anytime I go anywhere people know like anytime I'm going like I just went to New York like a couple weeks ago like I was just walking around the street and like so many people knew who I was which I've never I've actually never gotten recognized more than when I was in New York City I don't know why like people I guess people maybe everyone's on social media I don't know but yeah it's just like very interesting to like think of it like I just like don't think of myself as like a famous person but like a lot of people like they are they love meeting me and they think it's like there's it's so cool and they want to like take pictures and talk to me and that's why I also think is really important when I do meet people in public like I love talking to them and getting to know them and just hearing about their story because I just love people in general but I think that's also means a lot to them because obviously you're somebody that they think a lot of and they have a high opinion of and a lot of these bigger social media kind of influencers don't give people the time of day they're just like who are you why are you talking to me like no pictures please like blah blah and it's like that's just so rude and like why do you do what you do then just to like make money and like be famous but like what's the point of that yeah exactly I feel the same way like I've I've talked about it on other podcasts with people who are like into social media as well and mm-hmm. I w- someone someone described me yesterday one of my friends described me as niche famous and I was like I mean I guess so but I, they're like yeah. I think that's the perfect type of famous to be because it's like you can go out on the street and you can meet I don't know people here and there and you can like yeah. genuinely like you're not bombarded by people you know it's like I'm Emma Chamberlain walking down the road but it is so cool to be able to like I don't know, meet people and hear their stories and everything yeah. that's actually one of my favorite things too is when someone comes yeah. up to me on the street and says oh my gosh. And then they just like, tell me about, I don't know, themselves and how they started watching my content and like how it's, I don't know, impacted them. It's one of like the coolest things ever. And I feel like it's one of the most fulfilling parts too of social media, because I don't know about from your perspective, but it's kind of like a lonely life a lot of the time because you're just talking to your phone. Like you're not like, yeah. So that's what I've also recently, like, it's been really hard because like in Denver, especially, it's not a place where like influencers really exist or like people like there's not a lot of like kind of, I don't know, people like people who are doing stuff in like media and whatnot. Yeah. So a lot of my friends really can't relate to like a lot of what I'm going through <laughs> a lot of times. Um, Like they're here to listen and whatnot. But I it's been really difficult because it feels really kind of isolating and lonely. Just like. I now have the free time to basically do whatever I want (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) And I like, 
it's I don't know anyone else like um who lives here or I'm like close with who is doing stuff like that. So um I'm still trying to learn how to navigate that myself. Honestly, um, same. And I've been doing this yeah. since full time since 2019. Like it's yeah, I think it's one of my the like biggest challenges in my life is you it's like you don't have coworkers. It's not even that yeah. you don't have someone like directly next to you, but you don't even have someone like that you know that kind of does the same stuff that's like mm-hmm. near you. Um, so they can't really relate to any of it. Not that there's like, I don't know, there's not there's so many good parts of this job, but it yeah. would be nice to have someone every once in a while who like understands the, I don't know, the way it works that you can talk to like in person and stuff. And I yeah. literally only have one friend with me in San Diego that I that does YouTube full time and like social media full time. And I'm so grateful that I met her because at least I have like one person that understands like, yeah. I don't know, talking about like negotiating contracts and I don't know, just like the ins and outs of social media. But it is like very difficult um, to navigate that because, yeah, people can listen. Um, but a lot of the times, like even when you talk about things that are going on, like people think it's kind of sounds like first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't really know until you're on the other side. And there's like, I don't know. It's just an interesting. World yeah. It's also like. I feel like I, it's hard to, well, it's just hard for people to relate to when I, my friends like talk about it. And it's, that's why I've been really trying to navigate is like, what's really been hard for me in the past couple months, just like, I, it's really hit me. And that's why I was trying to figure out like, what do I want to do with myself and my brand? Because I can't like just being thinking about what I was doing the past year, just being like a crazy person, just like trying to be as crazy and unhinged as possible. Like that's not necessarily sustainable and it's not who I want to be. So it's figuring that out. And I, I'm lucky enough where I have a lot of good friends and good family who are willing to support me and whatnot. So um, it's just, I'm, I'm still also very young as so are you, but it's just figuring out like how, I can meaningful meaningfully impact people's lives in the future. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I think you make a good point. Like it's, it's not easy to go viral, but it's way easier to like go viral for a certain amount of time, but it's hard to sustain a career like in social media where you're, I don't know, relevant and you have like a purpose to serve. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of people relate to that. If you're making content, like finding, I don't know, the purpose behind it all even if you feel like you've had one in the past, like as you get older, I feel like things change, like you change. So just navigating all of that, especially in the public eye is just, it's difficult. Um, yes. Because <laughs> you get a lot of like, I don't know, criticism. I don't know. It's just like a very interesting uh, thing to like be growing up in your young 20s in the public eye. Yeah, my parents fully didn't get it. Like um, I like quit my full-time job. Like. Um, this time last year basically and my dad was a lot more supportive than my mom which was kind of crazy because he's like a very big like businessman kind of thing like um but it really hit my parents like that I was actually like doing something really cool when I they saw they were at the steamboat marathon and they saw me run it first of all they saw me win but then they also saw how many people just like were so excited to meet me like they were like I was just hanging out with my family and so many people were coming up my mom was just like in awe of like all these people knew who I was and they cared basically about like what I was doing she was like she just thought I was being a crazy person on like the internet so it's just 
it's really cool to see the positive impact that I've been able to have already. Yeah. Did you, uh, when you quit your job, did you like already, were you already like making a full-time income or was it kind of like a risky? I was making, I, well, I was seeing that I was getting so many offers from these different like brands and whatnot. And I was like, wow, like it's kind of crazy because I could be making just as much money, if not more already just by doing this. So I was like, I'm going to quit my job and see what happens. And now it's also wild that I am able to make over double the amount (laughs) that I was making at my previous job as just like a entry level marketing position at an outdoors company. Um, And I was able to do it like that basically once I started going full time just started like running just making content constantly so it's it's wild to think that in our day and age you're able to do something like this yeah because this is something that's so unique to our generation it really is like you said your parents like don't really understand and because they didn't have social media and Yeah. yeah now it's just very different um but it is really cool I mean there's again it's like the coolest job ever there are pros and cons like any other job but I feel like I don't know the pros definitely outweigh yeah and the the amount of people that I've been able to meet like the cool people who are doing just incredibly cool things is I just like can't get over it like how different my life is now than it was a year ago like the just places I've been able to go and the people that I've met the and it's I'm just like wow yeah and you're still like I mean you're still only like a year into it so I feel like you'll yeah it'll be cool to see like the other opportunities that you get um Mm -hmm. from this and how how you evolve over time too because I think that's one of my favorite things about creating content like I've been doing this since 2017 so to be able to like see my my entire life from 2017 Mm -hmm. till now and see how how I've evolved especially because like I started when I was 20 so now I'm 26 like it's just interesting to like document I guess and look back um so I'm sure you'll feel the same way when if you're still making content you know in five years (laughs) exactly (laughs) um okay well I don't want to keep for too much longer but we have like a few listener questions that we can go through really really fast if you have time of course okay someone said what is your favorite beer my favorite beer oh I honestly like Um, uh, I was actually, so there's this local brewery in Steamboat that I love called Storm Peak Brewery and it's called the Storm Peak Hoochie Mama. It's like a sour kind of beer that I absolutely love. Um, but like, other than that, I don't know, like, I just really like all beer in general. I'm not picky. (laughs) Is beer like your drink of choice? Um, honestly, I'll drink anything at this point in time. Okay. Like, my friends and I go out. We're just like, I just like fuck it. I'm just housing shit. <laughs> See, you are an anomaly. Okay, like if I was doing that, I would be yakking and wouldn't be able to get out of my bed the next day. And there you are running ultra marathon. So, okay, I'm I'm actually curious too. But someone asked, what does like a day in your life look like? So, I always try. To, I'm trying to run every day but I run a lot and what's really cool about this is um I usually have like meetings and whatnot with different brands and stuff like I I plan in the morning um and I have like just emails and stuff to send that I do right away um what's also 
really fun now is I just signed with a talent agency, so United Talent Agency, um, and I've been meeting with them a lot, and they're what's fun now and also kind of scary is I really don't need to meet with these brands anymore. They're doing it all for me, so it's just like I have full time now to do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. I always, I'm, it's hard now because I want to be doing, I just fell in love with like the summer mountains, I will say. Um, it's hard with the snow now because I can't like go to do different 14ers all the time. But like in the summer, especially, uh, there was times when I was doing like multiple 14ers a week. And obviously it takes time to get there, but it's like really cool like that I'm able to do that. And then, um, the gays are pretty wild, I will say. So the gays always want to be doing things. So like a lot of my friends and whatnot, we always have like activities and stuff going on. And it's actually really cool. I kind of like have like a boyfriend now that I met during Aspen Gay Ski Week. <laughs> and I'm able to like to see him a lot as well. So I'm able, I just have free time to like travel and do that because he lives in New York. So um, yeah, it's just like, I'm still really trying to figure that out. Like what's, I need to get more of a structured daily schedule also as well, but yeah. Oh, just, trust me. I don't, well, maybe you'll, maybe you'll find out better or like figure it out sooner than me, but it is literally six years later and I still don't have a daily schedule. So <laughs> um, I have never, I've never found a schedule that like works because yeah, I don't know things are like you said, every, I feel like every day is just different and every day changes and there's mm -hmm. trips going on and yes. I don't know, different things that you have to work on every day. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm so bad. I don't have any like structure or schedule. And I think that drives me a little bit insane. So if you can find a schedule, I would recommend it. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I don't have any tips for that. I don't <laughs> have one, so what do you want people to know about you that you don't get to see in your TikToks? I literally like tell everyone everything. Um, okay. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of stuff recently. And I was like, you need to stop tanning. Like you need to stop spray tanning or like going like in a tanning bed. Like you're going to die and get skin cancer. I was like, this is literally my skin color. Like, like <laughs> Interesting. Like, you kind of don't, you don't really give off. Like, like I'm just like bed. a very dark complexion. I have yeah. a very dark complexion and especially when the summer months are coming, it gets more sunny. I just get darker. And like people literally ask me, they like, come up to me in the summer and they say, what are you? It happens like multiple times. <laughs> I'm just like, I am very white. Like, yeah, like a hundred percent Polish basically. <laughs> yeah. And well, you also spend so much time in the sun running and that will get you tan yeah. super fast. So yes, exactly. Do you wear sunscreen? I try, been trying a lot more recently. I was really bad at that last summer. Like I was just like, eh. Who yeah, cares? I'm not. I'm not the best. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I know it's so bad though, because especially when I'm running a lot. Like when I was growing yeah. up, I mean, I grew up in San Diego. Obviously, the sun is shining all the time. Mm -hmm. I never wore sunscreen, and then now, like, I see these TikToks that scare me. That's like, this is someone who like didn't wear sunscreen or whatever, and this is someone that did, or like yeah. one side of their face, like they wore sunscreen and one side of their face they didn't wear sunscreen and like the difference is like mortifying I'm like oh my goodness I need to start wearing sunscreen but then yeah I don't know again I'm trying to I'm trying to be better at it because I spend so much time in the sun but yeah <laughs> so, I agree like I I'm gonna make that a new year's resolution right now yeah starting at Tuesday March 28th like this is our resolution okay the last question I have for you is do you have any advice to your younger self? What I would say to my younger self is 
don't care what people think basically it's like now that I started like not really caring and just doing what I wanted to do I found that I'm able to I don't know, like reach more people also like be more like genuine and unique but also like to myself I'm so much my mental health is so much better and I just like um I feel like I'm able to um connect with a lot of people and by being my most genuine self like by being openly gay and also talking about it I what's really cool actually to me is I really haven't experienced like hate necessarily to my face like a like a like hate crime kind of thing for example like no one's ever called me really the f slur to my face and I think a lot of that comes from if you're just a kind person and a genuine person and people just feel they 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 they're not going to do that. So that's what's really cool. And that's what I tell my younger self is don't care what people think, just trust your like heart and follow that. Yeah, I feel like that's good advice. And I feel like when you really start to hone in on who you are and you display that to the world, like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. And like you said, like your mental health gets so much better. I just feel like it's just a sense of freedom. And maybe yeah. I think it also comes even more as you get later into your 20s. I feel like I always talk about my frontal lobe developing fully, like when that <laughs> happened and I was just like fully myself and just, I don't know, really accepted the ins and outs of who I was. And I don't know, I'm not that I ever really put a mask on, but I feel like when you just really know who you are, it's just such a freeing feeling. Um, yeah. So yeah, the sooner that you can learn that and display that to the world, though, I do feel like it comes with time most of the time. It's just such a freeing feeling. So I'm yeah. glad that you've gotten there as well. Well, I feel like this was like a great episode. I learned a lot about you um, <laughs> more than your TikToks, but you are like kind of the same as you are on the internet. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I appreciate you coming on, but where can people follow you? You can just follow me on TikTok and Instagram. It's the same handle. It's Mitch. but I have a lot of fun stuff coming on in the future. Um, obviously the Coachella B2B Boston Marathon. Then right when I get back, I'm going to three different raves three days in a row um Jeez. so that will be exciting and then um in the beginning of may we have this big event with on that's happening in la that'll be super cool so you also want to tune into that and then i just have a ton of ultras and marathons planned so i have like 12 <laughs> oh my goodness also i think i'm like almost positive that I'm going to that on event on track nights. Yes, that'll be very fun. If yeah. I would say, if anyone can make it, it's May sixth in at Mount Sac, and they have just like festivals and stuff with a bunch of different like running brands, and then it's professional track races at night. Yeah, everyone better pull up because you and I will be there. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, to close out today's episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with Mikey Mitch. Hope you guys enjoyed our little combo. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Combos Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes. And seriously, pull up to the On Track Fest May 6th at Mount Sac. So we'll see you guys there. And I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.